You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. someone who is faithful and then God raises that person up to be in ministry. You don't all of a sudden become faithful. You don't all of a sudden become faithful. You're doing it all along. What's the scripture? If you are faithful in the little things, I will make you faithful in much. It's the little things that matter. The little things of faithfulness that matter. I'll be faithful when I get in a position. That's nonsense. Perhaps one of the most common misconceptions regarding ministry is that God decides to trust us with great responsibility at random. However, as Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, God responds to how we handle the small before he bestows us with the great. How do you handle what you've been entrusted with? Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23 as he begins his message, David's Memories and Mighty Men. So the first verse in chapter 23 says the last words of David. Look at it. Now, these are the last words of David. But as we read in chapter 24, David speaks. And he speaks to the Lord and confesses his sin of numbering the people, which we'll get to next week. In 1 Kings, which is the very next book, in 1 Kings chapter 1, David announces that Solomon is going to be the next king. So how can these be the last words of David? There must be a contradiction. Let's get rid of it and throw it out. No. Simple explanation. These are David's last inspired words. These are David's last inspired words of the Holy Spirit. He writes this psalm, if you will. And it's written during the closing days of his life. Very, very shortly, he is going to pass on and go to be with his fathers. And the theme of this beautiful psalm, verses 1 through 7, is basically godly leadership. David it is thought to have penned this psalm by the Holy Spirit to give to his son Solomon who would be the next king of Israel. But it has a lot to say to any and all of God's children today, especially those that God has called to be leaders. So I want to look at it in that vein. And in these short seven verses, David openly expresses not only his heart, but the longing of his heart at the end of a long and very troubled life. So David begins to review his life. He starts by reviewing his life. Look at verse 1 again. Actually, 1b. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. David looks back on his life now as he comes to the end, and he remembers He remembers all the way back that he was the son of Jesse. 
the son of Jesse. And in his line was Ruth. In, in his line were all the forefathers before him. And he goes all the way back to the humble beginnings as a shepherd boy, tending to his father's flock. One of eight males in the family, if you remember. One of eight boys in the family. He was the youngest, but God chose him. God chose him out of all the rest. Remember when we studied it, he sent Samuel up to Jesse's house, and all these guys came out, and Samuel walked by. Surely this could be the one. No. How about the O? And God said no to all seven of them. And God said, he's still here. Samuel looked at Jesse and said, don't you have another one? Yeah, we have a little runt out back tending the sheep. Bring him out. And God said, there's the one. That's the one I've called. That's the one I've called to be the next king. David remembers that. God chose him above all the others. Why? Because the scripture says God looks upon the heart. Man looks on outward appearances. You remember Saul, the king? He was good looking, tall, handsome, rugged looking, and they chose him because of that. David was a ruddy guy, which means he was red. He had a red color, kind of like Esau. He was a, he was a ruddy guy, he was, but he was very athletic. But he was a run. But God chose him. So he remembers that he was the, the son of Jesse. He was a man raised up on high. David knew that God had called him. David knew that God's call was upon his life. David knew and recognized that it was God who placed him as king. He didn't put himself there. He, he didn't force himself into the ministry. He didn't force himself to be king. He could have taken the throne many, many times, if you remember, as we studied 1 Samuel. He could have taken the throne many times from Saul. Several times he could have killed Saul himself but chose not to. No, he allowed God to establish him upon the throne. He allowed God to be on the throne. And he kept that fact alone, kept him extremely humble. It's interesting to me that the guys on Friday morning, we've been going through the books, the pastoral epistles. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul writes these words. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And, and now here Paul says, I've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ has enabled me. Christ gave me the gospel, and he has enabled me. He's empowered me, just like God empowered David by the Holy Spirit. God empowered David to do the work. He anointed him by the Holy Spirit. Paul was enabled for ministry because he was counted faithful. Faithfulness made Paul easily to use. And one of the things that God looks around for someone he can use is someone who is faithful. God looks for faithfulness. In fact, the scripture says when Jesus comes back to the earth, what is he looking for? Faith. Will I find faith? He's looking for those who are faithful to him. We often see our Christian service as a matter of volunteering. Yet as Christians, in regard to Jesus and his church, we're not really volunteers. We're slaves. We've been bought with a price. We belong to him. And serving him should be an honor. It should be a, a, an act of gratitude, a willingness of our heart to pour our heart to him and say, Lord, I want to serve you. Look what you did for me. I want to serve you. David had that mindset. One commentator said this, quote, you don't have to be smart to be faithful. You don't have to be talented or gifted. Faithfulness is something very down to earth. And every one of us can be faithful in the sphere God has given us. Sadly, many people wait 
to be faithful. Well, I'll be faithful when I'm called to be in the ministry. Well, I'll be faithful when I get on the worship team. Well, I'll be faithful when they give me something to do around church. Then I'll be faithful. That's not how it works. That's not how God works. That's not how it works. We see someone who is faithful, and then God raises that person up to be in ministry. You don't all of a sudden become faithful. You don't all of a sudden become faithful. You're doing it all along. What's the scripture? If you are faithful in the little things, I will make you faithful in much. It's the little things that matter. The little things of faithfulness that matter. I'll be faithful when I get in the position. That's nonsense. So God raised up David. God enabled David, and he says, the anointed of the God of Jacob. Again, it was God who anointed him to be king. He was God's chosen. He was God's choice. It was God who empowered him by the Holy Spirit. It was God who enabled him, and David knew that. David was aware of that. That kept David humble. If any ministry that we have, any ministry from, 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 from here down, I don't care where, because it really doesn't go down, it goes sideways, because I never look at myself as higher than anybody else, although I am now because I'm on a platform. But I don't look at myself, I don't look down on anybody, because we're all co-laborers in this ministry. We are all co-laborers, and we've all been called to different areas of the ministry, and we've all been given different talents, different gifts by the Holy Spirit to do the ministry. So I look at myself as higher than anybody, all right? But, but to be called, to be placed in a position, patient, just we have to remember that God does it. God raises those up whom he will raise up. God will do that. David knew that. David understood that. And he was ever thankful and ever grateful. He calls himself the sweet psalmist of Israel. I like that. Sweet psalmist of Israel. Why does he say that? Well, how many psalms are there? 150. Out of 150 psalms, David is credited with writing 70 of them at least. David wrote at least 70 of them. David continues in verse 2. He says, look at this. He says, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. So David acknowledges that God spoke to him, and that God's word was actually on his mouth when he spoke. And I love this, because so many people say, oh, these are just man's words. The Bible is just one man's opinion. Well, here David's saying, no, no. God's spirit was on my tongue. It was God who was giving me the words to speak. And you know what? I love the Bible, that the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. And you can find out, because if you go to Acts 1.16, Peter's quoting the Psalm of David, and he says this, quote, And David, by the mouth of the Holy Spirit, spoke, saying, he attributes David's very words to the Holy Spirit, giving him utterance, the same thing that David is saying right here. David's saying, I'm not saying my words. These psalms that I wrote, they weren't my words. They were God's words on my lips. They were God's words given to me by divine intervention, by the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that about David. And David says, I attribute everything to the Holy Spirit. So as you read through the psalms, you begin to realize that these verses have been truly inspired by God. Because if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through some difficulties, if you're having some difficulties in your life and you want to feel the Lord hand upon you, you start reading through the Psalms and those bad boys will minister you right where you are. Because God knows what you're going through and God knows what you need. And as you read his word, it ministers to you and it builds you up and it raises you up and it gives you comfort, it gives you peace, it gives you hope because it's God's word. That's why we teach God's word line by line, precept upon precept. So you'll know God's word. And in time of trouble, in time of trials, in time of affliction, you'll be able to use God's word just like Jesus did. When Satan came against him in the wilderness, it is written. 
God's word. It is written. He came back with Adam with God's word. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. His words were on my tongue. And in these short verses, David marvels that God would call him. He marvels that God would say, I want you to be king of Israel. He never ceased to marvel that God would call him to lead his people. God would call him to fight battles. God would call him to help write his word. It must be mind-boggling for David. You've been called by God to lead, or even to be in any kind of ministry, you should always marvel at the fact that God called you. Trust me, I think about it myself, and sometimes I go, God, you sure you made a mistake? You didn't make a mistake here? You called me? That doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. Now, I know God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, but he's getting his double money first with me. Well, we have to marvel at the fact that God uses us and that God has chosen us to be a vessel through which he can use, and he's chosen you to be a vessel through which he can speak. Looking to and fro throughout the land, through a heart he can show himself strong on behalf. He's looking all around. I've always contended that God does not call the equipped. God doesn't call those who are equipped. God equips the called. God calls you, and then he equips you. We saw that in David's life. We saw that in Paul's life. We see that in life throughout the Bible. We see of people who are called by God, and then God equips them. First, he gives them the Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then God equips them, and they do the ministry that God has called them to do, just like God gave David the power to do what he called him to do. He gave him the power of the Holy Spirit when he anointed him. God called David out of the sheepfold. David was a, sh- a shepherd, tending sheep. God anointed him with his Holy Spirit, and he empowered him for ministry and for service and for leadership. We too, when we're called, must come out of the sheepfold. We must come out and be recognized, and God will fill us with his Holy Spirit if we ask, if we ask for the baptism. He will empower us for ministry. He will empower us for service, and he will empower us for leadership. We're going to talk about mighty men in a little while. We're going to talk about David's mighty men. Why did they follow him? Why did they follow him? Well, A.W. Tozer said this, quote, Never follow any leader until you see the oil on his forehead. Oil represents what? Holy Spirit. I love that. I really like that. I really like what that he says there. These men that follow David saw something in David. They saw something in David. So the Holy Spirit inspired David to pen these psalms. And reading through the psalms and studying David's life, you see, he endured trials after trial after trial. He fought battles. And you know what? He failed. He failed miserably at times. And he succeeded. And he succeeded at times. And you know what? If you can't relate to David, if you can't relate to David's ups and downs in your life, you need to reread it. Because we all can relate to David as he has wonderful successes. And unfortunately, he's had horrible failures in his life. David wrote that about God's word. It wasn't just poetry. Although it is in poetry form, it's not all poetry. Why? Because in Acts 2.30, what did Peter call David? A prophet. In Acts 2.30, Peter called David a prophet. He said, David's a prophet because he's quoting the coming of the Messiah in Acts 2.24 and 26. He's talking about the resurrection and the ascension. He calls David a prophet by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in the next five verses here, David now speaks about the responsibilities of leadership. Let's read 3 through 7. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me, he who rules over men must be just ruling in the fear of God, and he shall be like the night, excuse me, the light of the morning when the cloud rises. 
a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth, by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make it increase? But the sons of rebellion shall all be as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who touches them must be armed with iron and shaft of a spear, and they shall utterly be utterly burned with the fire in their place. What's he talking about here? He uses this beautiful thing. He says God doesn't raise up people and train them to put them on display. God doesn't raise up people so he can stand there and go, I've been raised by God. Look at me, I'm great. No, he raises up people to use them. He raises up people so that he can use them as vessels of his love, as vessels of his word. He used them to communicate the gospel to others for all to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's raised us up. He raises up because he has an important work for us to accomplish, an important work for us to do. And Paul knew this probably better than most, except for maybe David, when he says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are his, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has good works prepared for all of us that he has prepared beforehand, and it's our job, if you choose to accept it, to figure out what those are, to figure out what our calling is. Make your calling and election sure, not only of salvation, but make your calling and election sure of the work that God has you to do. What does God want you to do? What is God telling you to do? What is God asking you to do? It could be talking to your neighbor. It could be ministering to a wayward person. It could be saying hello to somebody at Wawa or Walmart or, or one of other Mark's favorite places. It could be those simple things that God has given you the boldness to the Holy Spirit to do. God wanted David to rule over his people, the sheep of his pastor, David says. What an awesome responsibility. I feel the same way. I've said this many, many times. You don't belong to me. You don't belong to this church. You belong to God. And you're God's sheep. And it's the leadership responsibility to care for you and to feed you and to take you to green pastures so that you can eat and get full, it, it, to guard you and protect you. Here the word just means righteous, and being a leader demands character and integrity. A leader of God's people must have a submissive attitude toward the Lord. That's why he said the fear of the Lord. That submissive attitude, he's so awesome, he's so incredibly, and I respect him so much, and I don't want to do anything to hurt him. Without these qualities, a leader becomes a dictator, and he becomes abusive. He, he, takes, he just drives the sheep instead of leading the sheep. Sheep are led. They're not driven like cattle. Sheep are led. They leads me to green pastures. He doesn't drive me to green pasture. He leads me to green pasture. That's what a leader does. One commentator said, David, who was a ruler who served and a servant who ruled because he had the welfare of the people on his heart. The Apostle Paul, I think, was that kind of a man. The Apostle Paul generally read his letters to the churches, how he yearned for them, how he loved them, and how he was so excited when he saw their faith and saw their fruit and how wonderful he talked about them. The Apostle Paul was like that. 
David was a gifted writer, and the Holy Spirit used him mightily, giving him beautiful words to speak. And in verse 4, we see this beautiful metaphor used to describe the work of a leader. Rain and sunshine that together produce fruit and painful thorns. Rain and sunshine not only produce fruit, but they can produce painful thorns. You want them to produce mainly fruit. But David experienced both. We just got through 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. David experienced the beautiful sunshine. But David also experienced the pain of thorns. He experienced that in his life. But God was wanting to produce something in David's life. He was wanting to produce fruit in his life. He was molding him into be a leader. And that's what God does through his Holy Spirit in you. He's molding you molding you. We call it sanctification. We're already sanctified positionally, but God is in the, in the process of sanctifying us. He sanctifies through the work of the Holy Spirit. So in us, the Holy Spirit continues to work in us, and that's what God was doing with David. He was molding him. We experience sunshine. Woohoo! And there are days of rain. Boo-hoo. There are days of rain in our lives that we experience. But according to Romans 8.28, we know that God works all things together for good. Sunshine and rain. For those who love him are the called according to his purpose. We know that. So God uses rain and sunshine in our lives. And as we endure the wicked storms of the life, in the eye of the storm, we sang it. He remains in control. In the eye of the storm, God is always in control. God is always in control. The Lord shines his love into our hearts, and then he blesses us abundantly. And as the, the storm wreaks havoc on our lives, we continue to trust and hope in him. And then when the storm finally passes, which it will, the storm will pass, the sun comes out and shines again, and we are gleaning, and, and then the harvest comes. And, and we blossom, and this fruit comes. If you are faithful during the storm, we as leaders must create an atmosphere of growth in the midst of sunshine as well in the midst of storms. Some of the hardest things we have to do is to minister to people who go through a loss. It's difficult. But even in the midst of that horrible, horrible storm, sun can shine, and God can be glorified, and God can show himself strong. Even in the midst of those terrible times, we see it. That's what ministry is all about, bright days and cloudy days. But God is the same, whether the clouds are shining or whether the sun is shining. Notice I said clouds shining. The true leader of God's people leads and helps others to bear fruit. Where does fruit grow? Fruit grows in the valley. Fruits grow in the valley, folks. You go up on the top of a mountain, there's not any fruit up there. There's no fruit up on top of a mountain. Fruit grows in the valleys. And we all love those mountaintop experiences. We all want to be Peter. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Yeah, let's make some tents. Come on, we'll build three. One for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. We'll hang out. We'll have a ball. Come on. This is great. It's good for us to be here. Man, those mountaintop experiences are great, aren't they? Man, you just come back going, ah, you're all blown away, you're glowing, you're walking around, you know. But all of a sudden, you got to come down the mountain. And Jesus says, follow me. Yes, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. He says, I want to take you to that peak over there, which is higher than high. Yes, Lord, we'll go. Come on. He starts to walk down. Wait a minute. We're going down. That's right. We're going down to get there, because the way up is down. You are sure. The book of 2 Samuel is a continuation of David's journey to the throne promised him years before. It follows his life and relationship with God, with his family, and with the people entrusted to his leadership. 
David has much to teach you, and we encourage you to continue studying this Old Testament book. If you missed any part of today's teaching on Assure Hope, or if you'd like to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dave, visit assurehoperadio.com today. Maybe today, as you were listening, you found you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions and start you on a journey that will change your life for the better. Give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. And while you're on our website, visit the page How to Be Saved to read all about the plan of salvation God set up long ago. We'd love to meet you, too. If you're in the area, join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. You can find directions and more information at assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, too. Just follow the link on our page to follow us. We're coming to an end of our time with you today. We're so glad you took the time to study God's Word today with Pastor Dave, and we hope you'll join us next time as we explore deeper into the book of 2 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.